Hi everyone. What's up? Why are, why are you laughing? <laughs> How we started before? Well, before. Oh, I was talking about the but... fact that Eric has dried cum stains on the back of his <gasps> laptop. Should I not put that? <laughs> Should I delete this? this and it is absolutely it? not dry cum stains <laughs> on the back. It's probably. Oh, no. I don't know. Maybe it's, it looks like Danish uh, residue. Like, you know, the cream of the Danish? Danishes. Oh. Honey bun? Huh? Honey buns? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trying to give you an out here. I'm like, if it's not a Danish, is it a honey bun? Yeah, yeah we'll go with that. Okay, perf. Yep. <laughs> or cream cheese or, you know, sour cream. Listen. You know what? I have anything. a really bad habit of keeping my laptop on my kitchen counter mm. where I do a lot of you know, cooking, and I, I really need to stop doing that. Yes. I need to put it up and, and stop living like, you know, I still have that room syndrome. I lived in a room for mm. two years before having my own space back again. Mm. So I think I'm still getting used to well, let's be you real. can stretch out. You didn't out. live in a room, per se. You lived in a house. But <laughs> your quarters were in a room. <laughs> You sounded Since like Cinderella. I lived down. in a room. What the fuck is wrong with you? I was in a room. Hmm? I was in a room. Okay. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to um, a different type of episode of the Hung Up Podcast. I am P. Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I am P. Ryan. And you? Eric is just laughing at me. <laughs> You're here? This is not a jacket. Who are you? I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm cracking up at your animated ass. Thank you. Because like you said on the last episode, we do need a camera of some sort <laughs> so that people can see what we're doing. And um, one day, y'all, just keep praying our strength. Anywho. Can I'm they Eric. find you on Instagram and Twitter? I am. <laughs> I am. You can find me at E. Dante Cole. Yes. <laughs> You're like, I am. P. Ryan. <laughs> if you remember, that was my Twitter handle before I, am e, I changed it. Yeah, E Dante Cole. Yeah, or something. it was yeah. like I am. I'm like, I am Sasha Fierce. That's corny. I ain't like that. Yeah, guys. So by the time you guys hear this episode, Eric will be missing me, and I will be in South Africa talking about black men and helping how we can help them break the stereotypes, the sexual stereotypes that they've been placed on. Shout out to you. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I'm just trying to go to South Africa to get married, for real, for real. So, by this time also, depending on the day, I might lose my... My virginity might be gone. It's so, my plan to, like, go there and have my virginity just completely just completely, erased. like... Yeah. Could you imagine how spiritual and powerful that might be? Well, you only... You can only live to tell it. Yeah. So, hopefully. go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> Good, get on in on that thing. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear the stories. I might come back married. I might come back prince of South Africa. Well, if that's the case, are you going to be gone for more than two weeks? or uh, If I get married, of course. I'll be gone for life. <laughs> and then we'll just have to Skype these episodes. <laughs> or we might even have a show. I might have to fly you out and it'll be like real house husbands of South Africa. Great. So we'll have a show. <laughs> like, I'm not a part of this apartheid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Me arguing with, like, some of the white house, house husbands. I can't even talk. I'll end up going down there and probably end up staying myself. Yeah, okay. Seriously. Yeah. I have yet to visit or to see, but South Africa is definitely on my 
travel list yeah. of places that I want to go. I'm definitely bringing Philip just in case I don't find oh, anyone. God. So. Wow. <laughs> I said baggage, baggage check is going to be really interesting. No, I'm putting it on my check on. <laughs> oh. Oh, wait. No, my check on, not my carry on. So that means, yeah, it still has to go through that like x-ray machine, right? No, that's carry on. Oh, no. I'm when you go through security, Philip. you run any bags that you have with you through. You can't get on no damn airplane. They check every motherfucker. No, bag. what are you saying? When you check your baggage, it's like when you're getting your ticket and you're saying, here is the bag that I'm right. not carrying on the plane. But then your carry on. Mm. I thought you said you were bringing. I Henry. would never What's bring Philip on my carry What's on. Philip. Philip. <laughs> I said Henry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> when you some old Amish ass name. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm he's thinking, not on my carry-on. He's going to be on my check-on luggage. Got yeah, it. Yeah, my they, carry-on. They're going to scan that, too, though. That's fine. You just won't be witness to it. They're going to be back there taking... Oh, they're going to be like, yo, like, like what are you doing? <laughs> are you... Have you already thought about packaging for... Huh? For him? Packaging? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm going to put him in a Urban Outfitters bag. Okay. And just put it in the in the suitcase. Do you have a special bag for him? Is it? No, I literally wrap him up in like two cloth Urban Outfitters bags. Okay. And then, I, you know, whenever he, I need him to come play, give him a shower. I'm just wondering if you want the people who got your shit at home wrapped in some aluminum for no. you. <laughs> <laughs> show. People do that shit. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm wondering. <laughs> Listen, I just keep him in like a cloth. I just keep him in a cloth, urban outfitter's bag. Whenever I need to use him, I just, you know, wash him off and go to town. You know, I never really have talked about things that I might have had. Oh, what did you have? have. Ooh. You know? This is so nice. This is spicy. This is not how we (laughs) plan this This to start. But I'm here for it. What did you have, Eric? I thought, Eric, I thought you were a church mother. I didn't know you had any, you know, you had any gizmos and gadgets, odds and ends. Wait. And I, even some old string. Uh, Hashtag Barney. The flesh light? Oh my gosh, you had a flashlight? Yeah. That's cute. I know a couple of people who have them. I don't have one because I'm not really like, you know, a top of sorts. I'm more of a... I don't think you have to Backdoor be... girl. Yeah, and I guess you don't have to be a top, but like you know, you're inserting like you know, yeah. that's more of a <laughs> you know what I'm done penetration with type of bitch. <laughs> you said you you know you're inserting, and, <laughs> you know I just yeah. Maybe I'll try out a flashlight. I'm I'm interested to see how it feels. There's so many different kinds. Yeah, and like they even have like the like pocket uh, right, ones the really too. small that's ones. Cute. Yeah. So it's like a whole world out there. These things are expensive. Aren't they? You know how much Philip cost me? How much? Twenty nine ninety nine. I almost died. You should be able to write Philip off in taxes. Philip will be with me until Philip disintegrates. Okay. For well, twenty nine ninety nine. I don't know if that is that possible. I don't know. Doesn't plastic? Did you read that warranty sticker that no, came in a box? I just ripped it open and was just like, Let's <laughs> just try it out. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. Philip sticks to the wall too. You couldn't even get so. home. You was in the parking lot in the car. Absolutely. You? How dare you? <laughs> I waited. Thank you very much. <laughs> just driving home, going nuts. No, not even. People like, imagine? why is he bouncing crashed. up and down in his oh car my like gosh. that? First of all, <laughs> it don't even work like that. I had to prep myself for Philip to even get close. You, you came prepped because you knew what you were getting. <laughs> oh, 
No, let me stop. That would be super weird to see that happen. But then again, I've seen people driving and doing the... Yes, come on now. I was driving home one time and I saw a construction worker literally jacking off on the highway. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I almost crashed. Well, dang. Because, you know, my head was just like, whoosh, you know? It was too much. God. And I... I've never seen anything like that. I was just gonna say, like people doing yeah. makeup and texting and emailing no. and reading. And people do some freaky shit. People on do the all highway. kind of shit and when they're driving. It's on Tumblr, so you know they got to get it from somewhere. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we are. <laughs> Thanks off. for joining us again. Yes, for another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. Um, as we said before, uh, you well, we didn't say it before because we got sidetracked. <laughs> but True. you can find us on. Instagram and Twitter at HungUpPod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. And engage with us. Write us. Give uh, give us advice. Take advice from us at HungUpPod at gmail.com. And shout out to um, everyone who has been interacting with us yeah. on social media Absolutely. and the emails that we have received. We really appreciate you guys. And as, you know, as Patrick said, we welcome you, your yeah. feedback. Welcome. You. We welcome you. Um, so we just wanted to take this episode um, and do something a little different. So for those of you who have been listening to the Hung Up podcast since day one, you know it didn't start off with me and Eric. So we just want to take a trip down memory lane. Eric and I just thought about the 10 episodes that we completely erased because, you know, new brand, new cut, new color, new us. Um, and we picked out some of our favorite topics and wanted to just go over them again. Um, with we like didn't a, completely erase them. Yeah, we but kept you one just on removed them from. Yeah, we have them in the archives, but yeah, at the same time, still... we just wanted to review some of like the the ones that like stuck out to us. Um, so for the next two weeks, we'll be going down memory lane, and actually next week we'll go down memory lane, but also bring up a new topic, which will be pretty interesting. So oh yeah, thanks guys for. Sticking with us. Yeah, that so I guess, be interesting. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Yeah, it'll be cute. It'll be really cute. Yeah. Back down memory lane. All right, so let's go down memory lane. Um, one of the first episodes we had, actually the first episode that was ever created under the Hung Up Pod name was our coming out stories. Do you remember listening to that one? Yeah, I do. How did you feel? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like <clears throat> it's a great conversation to have among gay men, and it's a way to really connect when you share your coming out story. Mm-hmm. And I felt like you both really wore your heart on your sleeve and really kind of opened up and shared a vulnerable mo- moment. Yeah. And as a listener at the time, it made me really go back and think about my coming out moment, how, where I was at, how it, how it made me feel, and the repercussions of that, and what I gained from that, and you know how it shaped my relationships even up until today. So it was definitely one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. When I look back on it, I still am just like, wait, that actually happened? Um, because, you know, we might as well just share our coming out stories instead of, like, punching in past episodes. But it all started off around, when was it? Um, oh, my goodness. Oh, the whole premise of that story was that 45, you know, that uh, tiny hands man who's now in the White House, he's the one who brought about my coming out. <laughs> 
He really did. So um, it was around the time too that I was just I'm sorry, about. What did you to, call him again? A tiny tiny hands. Tiny. That's what they call him. And I cannot fake because my <laughs> hands are kind of tiny too. And so I'm just like, oh, we're twins. How am I like connected to 45? Anyhow, mine aren't. Yours? Oh, yours aren't. so it was also not only around the time of like us getting a new president but it was around the time of um, me crossing into my organization right black greek letter organization we connected on the whole black greek and gay thing cool so i just remember like tiny hands getting elected (laughs) Um, but some of the things that stood out in like my whole coming out process was I remember the night that I actually crossed into my organization. Um, it was super dope, right? Super dope, but super stressful for lack of better words. But what a lot of people around me didn't realize was that like, while I was going through this crossing like process while I was you know being initiated into my organization in the back of my mind I was like stressed the hell out um because I had just received like text messages and voicemails from my mom that were like really frantic and like just like really awkward I didn't know what she was like crying about in her voicemail I didn't know like what the text message meant because they were like super cryptic and so I cross and I feel like on top of the world but at the same time I'm also just like, what the hell is going on with my mom? Is she having like a mental breakdown? Because, you know, as a mental health professional, I'm just like, oh, you know, we can all, it takes only one instance for us to break. So she says she really needs to talk. This was the week, a weekend that I was initiated. So she's just like, I need to talk to you during the week. Let's schedule something. I'm like, all right, great. Let's do it. That week, Tuesday, is when... You know, we all voted and we all saw the results of the election. I was hanging out with somebody I thought was my boo at the time, already projected the fact that Hillary was going to lose. So I was just like, all right, fuck it. I'm going home. Right. But then, uh, so Trump becomes president that Wednesday morning, or he's elected the next president that Wednesday morning. That Wednesday morning also marked the time that me and my mom scheduled to talk to each other. So... I go to school, I'm thinking about all this shit, but in, the, in my spirit, I'm just like, oh, today's the day I'm definitely going to come out. Like, I don't know what she was mad and frantic about, but I'm pretty sure this might be it. So I go to school, I go to work, I come home early, and I decide to just go to the, like, go to the gym, get my life together, and then at night, meet her up. And then she's just like, you know, I didn't mean to, I'm not prying in your life. I wasn't sneaking around in your room. And in the back of my head, I was like, yes, you are. Because we wouldn't be having this conversation if you weren't. (laughs) And so she was just like, but are you gay? And I was just like, I was like, I prefer same gender loving, but sure. (laughs) And then she was like, what? (laughs) I was just like, short answer, yes. She's trying to just grasp the idea of you even being gay. You talking about... (laughs) Same gender loving (laughs) to this Jamaican-ass woman who's just already stressed out because I'm sure she... I feel like in my core, at that time, I had bought, um, like a couple weeks prior, I had bought like a small little like anal vibrator and like lube and I forgot to like you know just stash it in my little gym bag right so it was just like laid out and then the lube that came with it I think she had found it because although I thought I threw it in the trash 
I found it like on my carpet one day, just like randomly, like my whole room's clean, but that's randomly on the carpet. So I'm like, oh, she found me out, okay? She found that <laughs> shit, came in your room, I was opened like, the door, and just threw it and slammed the door and went back into her bedroom. No, but we had like a really dope conversation and <clears throat> she was just like, I think the most beautiful part of it was just like, she had to know why is it that so many of my friends knew, so many people outside of my family knew, but for so, it took so long, it took 25 years for her to find out. And so we really had a conversation about, you know, just the messages I received growing up, how safe I felt like, you know, in my home, like, don't get me wrong, I felt very safe on like a regular level, but when it came to talking about sexuality and things like that, I didn't feel like my home was the most appropriate place to do so. So... I don't know. It was just really dope. We wound up hugging at the end. And wow. that was essentially, you know, my coming out story. So, now, don't get me wrong. This, mm-hmm. If I ever find a man and we ever get uh, hitched, don't know how she's going to react, right? Because she's still Jamaican. She's still very much um, the Adventist mother that I was raised with. So she ain't with the shits for real, for real. But I'm glad that, you know, her love has not changed. So I was going to say, it sounds like you all... Really had a bonding moment. We did. At the end there. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, like, it's so crazy because in the years where, like, you know, you go off to college and you come back for holidays, I was very withdrawn in, like, my undergrad and grad school years. But, like, now I'm just, you know, it's it just feels so, so just, like, free. You know what I mean? And we are really able to just, like, connect and be the close people that we were to each other like again before sexuality became a thing and it also Mm. opened the door for me to come out to my sister now with my sister it was like a completely different story because i was just like i took her out to dinner um i had like two gin and tonics and i was just like so did mommy tell you that like i came out to her she's like no she didn't have to though because i'm not fucking stupid and so (laughs) it's so funny that like you know you have all of this anxiety but then at the same time it's just like for what you know Wow. Yeah. Your story is very, it's recent. Yeah, very recent. And mine is total opposite. Less than a year, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Tell me. It's such a big difference. Tell in me that, about in that it was, you know, the, the time frame. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. And I, you know, I, and I hope our audience can hear the different perspectives that we kind of bring to this conversation and to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Even though we are, you know, different. In some ways, we are very much alike. Mm, so, like <clears throat> my experience with coming out, well, I did it when I was about 19, I believe. When I was 19. So, it was quite, <laughs> quite a while. <laughs> Bit ago. Yeah. Because I'm 31 now. <laughs> you better be. So, of course, I remember <laughs> my relationship with them now, them meaning, meaning my parents. Mm-hmm. I have, I feel like I have more insight on that because it is more recent, just like your coming out story was more recent. Yeah, we're late so, bloomers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you said we're late bloomers. We are. You're right. Yeah. Right. Right. So... Especially for you, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, then again, I've met men who've never 
come out in their in their forties, fifties, yes, and so on and, and so forth. That cough was not actually shady because I feel like everyone deserves to be as open or as not open as they choose to be. Mm-hmm. I just it hurts my heart when there are men in their forties, fifties plus who still cannot be their authentic selves um, because of however they feel other people might react to it. I definitely respect their decisions, but sad. Especially because it was a different time. Yeah, yeah. And that's the one thing that I respect. I don't always agree with decisions of certain people. But you have to respect it. But I respect because it was just a different time. And we had this conversation last week about, you know, black men and homosexuality and, you know, all the things, the negative connotations that are attached to it. Yeah. And black men not being able to express emotion, let alone live an open and free gay life, especially we're talking decades ago. Mm-hmm. And it it's def- definitely, yeah. that's, it's legit. It was definitely a different time, but even in this time, men still don't have the freedom to be their authentic selves as much as they you know, want. So many of my True. girlfriends um, talk about just like the different things men bring to them and like, without like putting people's business out there too much it really just those stories tell me and just like seeing men who aren't comfortable coming out really shows me that even in 2017 for sure for black men especially Mm -hmm. like there really is not much there isn't much room yeah for us to be as free as we want so when we get the chance to do so like you know and that's in many just many layers to that right sexuality emotionally mm-hmm. um, our talents yeah. you know our skills how smart we are yeah. yeah but so I came out pretty young I was living on my own at this point in Columbia Maryland with a really good friend of mine shout out to Christina hey hey Christina she's married now uh, she's been married for quite some time um, she has a wife she lives in New Jersey, I want to say central New Jersey. I don't think they're in southern. Um, and they have, I think, about three or four kids. I mean, they're, they're doing good. So shout out to Christina. Her and I, she and I, were really close back in, our, in the Baltimore days. We used to, I met her at, I worked at the Sprint store right down on the Inner Harbor in Baltimore. I also worked at the Cheesecake Factory right down there. A lot you of people worked at have Cheesecake? Probably been, yeah, I worked right there. Get out! <laughs> <laughs> so those were those days. Yes. And Christina and I were really cool, really close. We lived together. We were great friends. We were great roommates. We, it's kind of how I ended up in Philadelphia because it got to a point in time she, she met someone who lived in South Philly. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I didn't know nothing about Philadelphia. And we were constantly coming back and forth um, because she was, things were getting serious, and then she ended up moving here. Mm-hmm. I was young. I had dropped out of Morgan State, and I was just pretty much working, taking care of myself, living on my own, not depending on my parents. And that's, you know, I just made the decision to move here. But <clears throat> rewind, living in Columbia with my roommate, Christina, I, at 19, just made the decision, I don't know, it, it, it had been several months where it just been really heavy on my heart thinking about my parents. I think my father had just went through something health-wise. You know, he's battled different things off and on throughout mm-hmm. his life. 
And it was just kind of something that was really heavy on my heart that if I don't take this moment to live in my truth and tell my parents, have the courage to tell my parents, everybody else, I don't know right now, I'm going to work on that. This is what I'm thinking at 19, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody else, I don't know. But I think at the very minimum, I can start with my parents, have the courage to come out to my parents because I wouldn't want something to happen to either one of them. them not know. And they never knew mm-hmm. who I really was. And I say really was because growing up in church and being in a black family, as we all know, I feared that. Mm-hmm. And there had even come a point in time where I hated myself. I hated being gay. I hated myself. I hated the fact that I prayed a thousand times day in and day out. I repented. I did everything that I was told that I was supposed Mm -hmm. to do. I read the Bible. I said my prayers. I did the scriptures. I I went to church. I did everything I was supposed to do. But for some reason, I was still gay. Mm -hmm. Every morning when I woke up, I was still gay. And I had to go to school. And I had to go to the playgrounds. I had to be on the bus by myself and deal with my gay, awkward, young-ass self. And nobody understood what the fuck I was going through. You know what I'm saying? I think that is the story of the gay, the little gay black boy. It's like... Some. <sighs> some, yeah. yes, right? Yeah. So, enough was enough. I made the decision, I'm coming out to my parents. And I'm going to start with my mother. And that's what I did. And she, you know, I won't mince words. She was devastated. Mm. She cried. She... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it broke my heart. Like, my mother already means the world to me. To see her cry, to see her hurting in general, would be enough to make me upset, right? But to know that I had something to do with it, it broke my heart. So I had to deal with... I... And again, this is me thinking at 19, I broke my mom's heart by being selfish. I wanted to come out to her because I wanted to tell the truth. I, and, I, and I started second guessing it, you know, should I have done that? Could I have waited? Could I have done it differently? But some time went on and our relationship didn't get better. And fast forward now, we are a lot better, but our relationship changed from the moment that I came out to her. And I've had to Yeah. I've had to deal with that, right? Mm -hmm. All throughout my 20s and into my 30s. Like, missing that relationship, but still grateful that I have my mother. We are progressing, we're getting better. I understand that her background, her religion, what she believes in, I'm going to let her have that. I'm not, I'm not here to try to change her mind, to tell her that she's wrong. I'm not here to make her upset. I'm not here, I'm not here to do any of that. I respect how you feel. I respect your, your devotion and how, in, in, in your spirituality, I respect all of that. But it's just this part of my life that I can't share with her getting married and having kids, I don't know if I invited my mom to the wedding. I don't, 
I really can't fathom that right now. Brighter side, my father was really the opposite, which was I was surprised about. I thought it was going to be mom supportive, dad, like, hell nah. It was the other way around. And to this day, and I've talked about it a little bit on past episode, to this day, you know, it's not something that we, he calls me about and says, hey, Eric, how's gay life doing, you know, or how's, how do men treating you or anything like that? But my father has been supportive ever since I was an awkward little black boy. I appreciate him being a, being a young black man trying to raise an awkward little gay black boy and all the struggles and all the things that had to come with that that I never saw that my father had to put up with and do and that he he still loves me and so does my mom you know but I just respect both of my parents but I really my dad he's you know he's still there and and he's like I said before he asks about you know people that I've dated and um yeah, and our relationship now is, it's where it is. It's good. I feel like our parents get to an age where they do start to depend on us. It's like reverse. We grow up, we're young, we're, we're coddled, we're babies, we need them for everything, and then the roles slowly reverse where we take care of our parents, and I am honored to take care of my mother and my father, and that is why I work, I go to school, I get these degrees and I do what I'm supposed to do because I want to be able to one day be able to take care of my parents so they don't have to worry about anything. You are so strong. <sighs> and like, I really fucks with you so happy. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. That was like, yeah, wasn't yeah. expecting all that. Yeah. But that's like, for a lot of us, right? It's deep. Is. And a lot of times we, those who are on this journey, try to figure out, like, when is the right time to come out, if there ever is a right time. We talked about men who are just, like, up in age who still haven't done so. Um, and it, it's hard yeah. to say when the right time is. You know right. what I mean? It's like, sometimes it's never the right time. Like, right. you know, when you realize, like, for some people, they depend on their parents the, the, for, for whether it be resources or shelter or, you know, love in general or just, like, not wanting to make that sacrifice because you don't know what the outcome is going to be or not wanting to come out because you don't know how your parents are going to react. Sometimes the sometimes the risk is not worth the, oh the potential God. reward. Can you, I mean, just imagine the not having the approval of the mm -hmm. two most important people, people in, in your life. life. Yeah. I think yeah. we all can, we have a testimony to that. Mm -hmm. Our parents, no matter how we feel about them, it's just something about their approval, them looking down upon us and being proud mm -hmm. and saying job well done. Yeah. That feels amazing yeah. when our parents do that. And the fear of being robbed of that, plus a whole lot more possibly. I mean, we don't need to get into the homeless, the gay homeless youth, especially in, I mean, here, Philadelphia, yeah. and other cities like D.C. and Baltimore and New York. Um, 
and I'm sure, you know, as well as places like Miami and LA, these places as well. Yeah, it's tough. And There's we, so many people out here who are carrying a lot with them. Guys that are listening, feel free to share with us your coming out stories or highlights from your coming or out stories. Or staying in stories. Or that's impacted your life. If you have, yeah, and if you have any advice you want to share for people that you know, we all know that there are young men and women of all colors and backgrounds mm-hmm. that are right now struggling and dealing with who they are and how they want their family and their parents to see them and struggling with living in their truth. And if you want to share anything, um, please yeah. hit us up at hunguppod at, at gmail.com. Oh but my, you can tweet on us. On Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, you can, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> tweet us. You can't really do that on Instagram. Yeah. DM us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Prefer you to tweet us because others could see the conversation and maybe other people could gain something from it or add and contribute to it. Absolutely. So tweeting would be kind of cool. And um, you guys keep an eye on our Instagram. We're going to be just doing some subtle changes. You know, shaking it up like we shake our shimmy. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So, I will say that this gay shit not only impacts family, it impacts other spaces as well. It does. So, that actually reminds me of... Another one of my favorite episodes, you guys were having a conversation about church and sexuality, which (laughs) I brought up a lot (laughs) in my coming out story and, you know, how it really impacts us, especially as young black men Mm -hmm. and older black men. Can you, you mind taking us back down memory lane? I do. Not mind. Can I get a refill? Yes, Eric wants a refill. <laughs> Can you get a ring? <laughs> well, I hope that note wasn't flat at the end. Mercy. Anywho. <laughs> no, but uh, church and sexuality. So I shared this story back in the day. Back, weeks back, maybe 20 ish weeks back, um, where I was once the music minister at my church. I am Seventh-day Adventist, proud to be one, out here shucking and jiving with the Adventists, even though I'm kind of a bad Adventist, but hey. And thank you for my history lesson you gave me like two weeks ago. Uh, It wasn't even like the full history, but you know, we out here. Enough to, you know, explain to a brother who... Make you want to visit a church? You trying to come? Well, I don't know. I'll take you to like the right church there's some churches that are more progressive not every adventist is the same okay yeah <laughs> i just don't want to be in a congregation that makes you uncomfortable that yeah and they up there talking stupid nonsense about so every week is not like a gay nonsense. sermon so i think you'll be okay if you come with me one week and i want more like how should i get eric to church yeah yeah, come with me. Because I need, I need a, a message that's going to move me, uplift me, motivate me, help yeah. me get through my next week. One Saturday, I will literally take you to church. Huh? I'll take you to a church near your house. Okay. Yeah, and we'll just figure it out. Okay. We'll I'm test down. it. I'm down. Yeah, so I used to be the music minister at my church. Um, it was an interesting experience. I think the saints are very interesting characters. Um <laughs> But one night, I, I remember, I, I don't think I'll ever forget this night. I was doing, was I doing laundry? I was in my room doing something that involved clothes, so probably laundry. 
And I got a call. It was from, I still don't even know his title, head deacon, <clears throat> head elder, whatever he may be. And he calls titles. me. <laughs> you know how the church people are with their titles. So gaudy. <laughs> right. I am the first elder, first deacon. Yeah. Okay. Wear your crown. Okay. I guess. I guess. Girl, Wear them now me. because you might not get one later. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but. And that was a read. He called me so awkwardly and was just like, so, uh, how are you? And I was like, I'm great. How are you? Because, you know, you're not somebody I talk to on the phone regularly. And so he's like, well, do you, uh, do you have an Instagram? And I'm just like, oh, Lord, here we <laughs> yeah, go. girl, I have an Instagram. And it was, I knew that something was coming and my spirit braced me. I don't know if it was my discernment or it was the fact that I, you know, had gone through this same well, Instagram thing. Well, that's going to be my question. Like, yeah. did he say, how you doing? Have you have a good day? Check in on you. Or did he just come right out and no, say, it was just, it, do you he did say, how are you? And so I was like, okay. I'm great. Okay. Like, why are you calling me? You know what I mean? Because like, it was like a kind of an unexpected call. It, it was super usually... unexpected because okay. I do not speak to him. Yeah. Um, but I said, yes, I have an Instagram. And he was just like, well, okay, well, I'll talk to you when you get to church this weekend. And I'm just like, bitch, it's Tuesday. Talk to me now. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? And so... I guess he needed Tuesday through Saturday <laughs> to get his story. <laughs> to get stuff together. And he had to do all his investigation and go and, I Listen. guess, troll your timeline so that way he can get his feelings and thoughts and emotions together and have a conversation with you on, what, we'll Sunday? Get there. We'll get there. He didn't even have the chance to troll my timeline. But I didn't get off the phone until I asked him, like, yo, what are you talking about? What is going on? And he basically said, you know, somebody contacted him and said that there are some pictures of me online on and the Instagram and um see that's why I can't in. go to church because that would have been my response you can see I've been in cuss this is see I'm, I'm a cuss there's a blessing in this storm <laughs> and so you know he was just like he wanted to talk to me about them so I was like I mean okay sure let's talk Saturday comes around it's me it's him I decided to you know somebody that I'm close to in the church I was just like you gotta come to me come with me to this meeting because I don't know what's about to go down and so it's also the church treasurer. Now, I'm just like, why is the church treasurer there? And so... Am I getting a refund on Right, like, my... did I overpay or something? That y'all just want to, you y'all know, say that my pictures are cute or what's going on? You getting kicked so, out of the church. You getting a refund. No, I... Please, they can, they, you can't kick me out. This is God's house, <laughs> not yours. Okay? Because so, I'm coming to the church. Okay? So, um... <laughs> we sat down. It's the four of us. And he was just like, you know... The church treasurer has a friend. Now, everybody in that church who knows that friend knows that she is a messy bitch. You know, like, you know how Nephi's a nasty bitch? Mm -hmm. She's a messy one. Mm -hmm. Who needs to sweep in front of her own front yard? But sure I'll leave that dirty. alone. It's very I'll dirty. leave that be. Because when you're not minding your own business That's and where you're minding everyone else's, come up. yeah, come on. So, we sit down. They say that this lady, who wasn't even at the meeting, sent these pictures to the church treasurer. The church treasurer didn't know what to do with them. They sent them to the elder. And I don't want it to seem like I'm on Tumblr with, like, Tumblr porn, but what the pictures were were me and, like, 
uh, swim trunks. You know, I have thicker thighs, so the Here swim we trunks go. were fitted. Here we go. And the, I had on like this, you know, this jacket from Zara. It was like a long. You knew you was giving something saucy. I was giving body. You. I was yeah. at a pool, but you, first you of all, it's not like I was in like you know a random warehouse like with booty popping. I was at a pool on Memorial Day. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what you. This doing. wasn't out of context. I'm over you because no, you know what you're doing. <laughs> they also took um, a screenshot of a picture where I had on these white shorts and a pink shirt. I was in New York visiting hashtag Uncle Daryl. Shout out to him when he was in New York. Yeah. I looked so cute. I was just like, yes, this is clearly me. Like, what do you want from these pictures? And so I got this big speech that, you know, Christians don't dress like this. Oh. And Christians don't pose like this. And I was just like, yeah, because your skirt is supposed to be b- below, below my knees. I, w- I didn't have my skirt on, though. I had on my shorts. <laughs> and I'm sure that skirt. <laughs> I don't even have a skirt. <laughs> and so I, like, I, I took in everything that they said, because I'm not a person to just like not hear what you're saying. But I was just like, listen, I have been in the church all my life. This is nothing new to me. There are messy people in every congregation who want to create stories that may not even exist. I don't know if you're trying to position me as a gay guy or a hoe or because hoes don't exist, hashtag, so can't position me as that. (laughs) Or I don't know what story you're trying to come up with, but let's spit the facts. My quote-unquote lifestyle is waking up super early, hopefully getting some exercise in, going to work, going to school, going to go visit my homies and coming home. Anything outside of that that you're trying to suggest? Not sure if you have much You got to be a pope on them motherfuckers. No, I had to like let them know because I think a lot of people look at the surface and don't and try to just create this whole story that's not real. Like Well, I think great point because mm-hmm. I I remember saying I cannot stand when straight people, you know, look at us and the first thing you're thinking about is a dick in a butt. Who I'm sleeping with. Right. A dick in and mouth. I had to even say, like, you know, to be quite clear by some definitions, and the reason why I say by some definitions always is because I'm no stranger to oral and getting my ass eaten, right? I'm, oh. I'm going to own it. But I was just like, by some definitions, I would be considered a virgin. And so the, the deacon elder man looked at me like, oh, Lord have mercy. I done got into some mess, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but I was just like, so what are you bringing me? You have these pictures here. I'm the one who posted them, so I know they exist. They're, you talk about Christians, but I'm not crossing any Christian borders. Like, I, you know, I love, I love my body. I wear things that look nice, and, that make my body look great. Like, what are you trying to say? And so there was no answer from this conversation. So I was like, listen, the reason you brought this to me <laughs> is because, you're the, uh, because I'm the music minister. So here's what you can do. You can keep it. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I was so over having to prove something or like, you know, shield people from my authentic self for so long. I was just like, take the position and I will still praise God in spirit and in truth. Child, that deacon elder man started crying up a storm. Crying? Yeah, because my thing, I think where he was upset was the fact that he's seen lots of people leave the church. Young people leave the church. And I think many congregations see lots of young people leave the church because of mess, right? It's not that you're trying to admonish somebody in love. It's not that you're trying to steer them in the right direction. But it's that you've got a whiff of some foolish rumor. And then when you realize that the rumor is foolish, or like not even the rumor is foolish because clearly I love Dick, right? But you 
Got you can't even confront it. Like you, yeah. you can't even like they had nothing mm-hmm. when you went in there. Yeah, when nothing on there. So like it wasn't even a conversation about identity, but it was just a conversation of how people will perceive me from the outside looking in. And I was just like, well, you can perceive me how you want to, but this is the story of how I live my life from day to day. So when you have nothing, you feel embarrassed, and I think that how that plays out usually is not well because a lot of people wind up leaving the church because of that. I think for him, me giving back this position felt that I was leaving the church per se. That said, I wasn't leaving nobody's church. I was there every Saturday. It's just that I wasn't leading anything because at the end of the day, before I even got the music minister position, I was always apprehensive about it. This was not my first time being offered a music minister position at a church, but I've always just been like, listen, this is who I be. This is what my social medias look like. I don't know if I necessarily feel comfortable. The one time I decided to take on this position is the one time all of my fears actually came to fruition. Um, unfortunately, it, was, it came to fruition because of the work of somebody who was super messy. So even with this messy individual, I like, was in a space where I did not feel like going to church. I did not feel like interacting with church people. And it's not to say that I didn't go to church, but I was just like, I used to get there hella late <laughs> during the period that I was healing. Um, I didn't sing for a couple weeks. When I finally went back up to go sing, she's there looking dead at me, laughing with her daughter. Um, you know, I had to like remove myself and I just started crying couple weeks afterwards I went back up and like I don't know what it was but I feel like I just had an epiphany that like this whole experience was for somehow the good this whole experience will set somebody free this whole experience doesn't really speak towards me as a person but speak towards the handiwork of the devil when you are really trying to do God's work in different facets of your life despite who you think or what other people think about you and so in that moment when I was singing, after we were done, I had tapped her and I was just like, it's good seeing you. And I don't think she was expecting that because her face dropped. And I just walked away and did my thing. And we have never spoken since then. One thing that I noticed um, when I was young, back in Maryland, going to a lot of churches throughout Maryland and D.C. There were a lot of LGBTQ people in the congregation yeah. serving, the, serving the church and the people who were coming to the church in different, in different ways, whether that be on the usher board, board, whether that be on the deacon board, whether that be in the choir, right? By the way, the choir is one of the one of the positive memories that I have yeah. of growing up in a black church. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed being in the choir. Because sometimes um, music is really more impactful than the sermon is. Yeah. One of the things that I've kind of noticed, like I was saying, is just all these, our community is so involved in the church, yet the church has yet to really embrace us. And I guess when I say the church for the purpose of this conversation, the black church has yet to embrace us, yet we continue to unselfishly serve. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like you pointed out, a lot of people have walked away. A lot of of young people have left the Mm -hmm. church. Not just young (laughs) people in general. A lot of people have, have left the church and 
I would definitely put myself in one of those categories as, you know, very recently I've been rediscovering, well, not yet, really, because I haven't visited any churches recently, mm-hmm. but just, well, yeah, I guess rediscovering these ideas about where my spirituality lies in, because I have some trauma from sure. the church, you know what I mean? Um I think that you brought up some really good points. How we're viewed is usually very um, narrow and very shallow and very uninformed. And we're not just sex objects. We're people. Mm-hmm. We're people. People who, who were live fearfully lives. and wonderfully made, according to my word. Because we're God's children. Yeah. So you will not dare tell me that he made a mistake. Yeah. When he made me, when he made you, when he made all my brothers and sisters, we are all God's children. And it's so funny that you brought up the fact that despite the, I guess, chastisement that queer people, LGBT folk get in the church, they are still willing to serve. I think, you know, not only should you read the word and know God for yourself, I think you should also look at the historical context of LGBT folk in the black community. I always like to go pre-colonization, pre-colonialism, pre-slavery, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And when you look at pre-slavery Africa, a lot of queer folk, LGBT folk, were actually the spiritual leaders of the community, were actually gatekeepers. Um, Granted, those gatekeepers were not keeping the gates of what we now deem Judeo-Christian ideals, But it's so interesting that those who held high positions in the spiritual life before slavery are now here leading the church choirs, are now here being first deacons, are now here being first elders. I think our history definitely has kept itself up despite the change in how we view things like respectability or how we view, you know, however our social prejudices come about. I think it's interesting that we've still kind of kept those positions and that we still in some way tie ourselves to the spiritual life of our community. And really that makes me feel like we shouldn't leave. Why would you? We shouldn't leave. I think Mm -hmm. leaving does the opposite of what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I think if anything, we need to be more present. And it's not necessarily to prove a point because I can honestly say, I don't, like, out of all the days of the week that I try to prove a point, whether it be at work or at school, I don't go to church to prove a point at all. No, I literally go to church to charge. I go to church to really feel spiritually filled, to really get that dose of God, that extra dose of God that, you know, I maybe might not have gotten throughout the week. Like, and you know, aligned, that's genuine and aligned with your purpose. purpose. Yeah, it really is. So your light is going to naturally shine, and people are going to be drawn to that, yeah. and the haters are going to hate, and that's okay. Like, think of all the times you really try to do your devotion during the week, or you try to read the word, or you try to pray for a long time and really just get yourself out there, or get your feelings out there to, you know, that higher deity that you deem God. Like, sometimes it doesn't really work out that way, but... Church is that time to really forget everything else and to really center yourself and feel full. Nobody's going to drive me out of that. We're going to be there together. I was going to say, 
I'm looking forward to it. Like, seriously. Church? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. We'll set a date. I'm, I'm, when I come back. You call my machine, I'll call yours. I'm always calling your machine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. yes. I am. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to... Now, I will let you know. Note. Be careful, because some of these... You know, I think, well, some people go to church to get their spirit filled. Other people go to church to be Philip. Been there. I, mm-hmm. I, I know what that looks like. Time, I know how to deal with that. Yeah. It's, yeah. We'll be two sanctified aunties in the church pew. But sit in the back. I like to sit in the back. <laughs> well, that was cute, guys. It's a shorter show this week. We thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoy this first part, this first segment of going back down memory lane. Um, oh, wait. Did you have a church story? I didn't mean to cut you off. Right, because you just... Okay, don't do me. (laughs) Did you have a church story? No, I feel like, um, yeah, I I didn't share a church story in that segment, but before you started your Mm -hmm. topic, it kind of touched on. I said that, yeah, a lot of my experience kind of. So I'm actually glad we talked about both of those one after another because for me, they literally connected. Yeah, and. you know, I said my little piece about how I feel about the church. And like I said, most importantly, I think it is important that we are present. And I've already, I've spoken my, my truth. I left, but I am going back, you know, within myself and trying to find that, that connection, whatever that is. Like, who knows where I may end up? I am literally, literally open. Yeah, you go I don't know church where I'm going to end up, but I'm open to mm-hmm. wherever that takes me because... I know that as I'm getting older, I am getting more connected with myself spiritually. And I think that I want to discover that more. And I believe that really that's God. I think because we are all God's children, that means God is a part of us. He's pumping through our our veins. And I think you can get more in touch with yourself, i.e. get in touch with God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nurturing that relationship, that personal relationship, like you were saying, that you have with God... It's very important. It is, because remember, he never leaves you. He never does. It's up does to us to really foster that relationship. Despite how people will make yeah. want to brainwash you. A lot of people want you to think that feel, God does not love they you. They want to make God you feel like you're not worthy you of his love. birth to the death. Till death do you part. And even after that And you death, claim you Christian. He still loves you. And you so, claim you Christian. Don't do all how that. You dare, how dare you tell but someone that they're is, not worthy of God's love? Don't even love. focus on them. Like, they can't do anything. Oh, focusing? No. You. I'm just saying in general that no, that's so fucked up. I, I recognize and that And I'm it letting is. the people know that you yeah. are worthy of God's love. And yeah. that's something that I've discovered in my self-actualization process. Yeah. You are worthy. I am enough. Mm-hmm. You know? But growing up as a young child, yes. Those, that, are those are the things that I was fed, and I believe those things. And they're lies. I believe that I was not worthy of God's love. So I remember one night I stayed up. The, the sky was blue as it could be, no clouds, stars. And I remember just looking out the window, and I prayed for hours. I was terrified because that Sunday night, the, the pastor had preached a sermon, and it just I was just terrified, and I just knew I was going to die. I knew I was going to go to hell. And, like, listen, I'm a little boy. Mm-hmm. I am a child, yes, and yes. I should not feel that way. I should be feeling love yeah. and protection, and that is not what the church did for me as a young child. So I, I am now going back, and I'm, I'm 
willing to take that step to rediscover because for a long time it was a no for me mm -hmm. you know what i mean and honestly you are no strange i mean you are no stranger but you are not the only person I'm not an who has absolutely you know prayed to somehow wake up the next morning and be completely different child that was me from what puberty on mm -hmm. to the, the point that i realized what attraction was and even until like maybe 25 so you are not you know by yourself in that but i will say just it's going to be hard to let go of the trauma. It really is. It yeah. might take years. I it really it. might, or it might take your entire lifetime. That's why I really just want you it's and other people listening years. to know like that, even like, getting to this point. Yeah, it's, it's taken a while. Taking years. Yeah. But I want you and other people to know that honestly, like, one, God has never left. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We can be fed these messages growing up. That said, a lot of those messages. If somebody is telling you that God does not like you because of X, Y, Z, that message is a lie from the pits of hell. That is the devil speaking. God loves you. He's there for you. You know what I mean? And, this and is what he is waiting for you to take one step so he can take the next, so you can take the mm. other, so he can take the next. It, it, that's why they call it a walk. It is a walk with him. And so, I don't know, I just want you to yes, be well. Footprint, footprints in the sand. Foot he never footprints of Jesus you. leading the way. Little Richie sang it, I and if you know that. Little Richie, you caught that T. Yes, listen, and I just I love you for saying it because Patrick, that is what people need to hear. You are loved, mm -hmm. and I really appreciate you just sharing that message. You may not be loved by the people in the church, but at the end of the day, we all need some sort of structural church to really figure out things for ourselves. Just like we need school to figure out things academically and professionally, right? Or we need a nutritionist to help us figure out things, you know, in exercise and in fitness. The church is just another structure that we need to figure things out spiritually. So I will never say that the church is unneeded. People in the church may not mess with you, but the fact that you are there and you show up, that is you taking that first step. You don't think God's going to take step two? He will. Do the work, y'all. Do the work. Thanks, booze. So, appreciate y'all for listening. <laughs> just want to thank you guys, again, yes, for listening. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am P. Ryan at. <laughs> wait, let me refresh that. <laughs> I'm not well. <laughs> I am P. Ryan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at I A M P R Y A N. And, boo. I'm Eric, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at E. Dante Cole. You can find the both of us. We are the Hung Up Podcast yes, at Hung Up Pod. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. At Hung Up Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find us on Gmail. <laughs> email us, guys. Email us your questions, concerns, feedback. If you need advice, if you fucking somebody and ain't fucking you back real good. And, you just and we need out here on the spiritual pointers. conversation. Oh. Oh, it really there's was. a strong man Damn. in this house with my spiritual eyes I can see. Okay, <laughs> Shirley Caesar saying that You're one. You're right. <laughs> see, I'm a heathen. I told you I need to go to church. Dude, don't claim that. Where's that power? <laughs> I'm taking you tomorrow. <laughs> but, okay, so all in all, email us, you guys. We're waiting to hear from you. And thank you for the feedback we have received so far. Don't forget to rate us. Review us. Review us. Comment us. Comment. And talk to you never. Yeah. Bye. Peace out, y'all. <laughs> Bye, guys. It took me way back.